This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength formulations to support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Available now online at pillarperformance.shop. This is the episode that we recorded live up at the Gold Coast on Sunday afternoon. Thanks to all the listeners that come along and listen to it live. It was brilliant to uh, meet so many people in person over the weekend up at the Gold Coast. And obviously this audio is going to have a bit of that live component to it. You'll be hearing um, yeah, what it was like to be in the room on that afternoon. A few notable things that we missed because they happened after we recorded. Um, Jessica Hull broke the Australian mile record. We were 4.19. And Morgan McDonald also had a big win over the States in his return to running with a 339-1500. So uh, you don't need to write in and tell us we missed that in the running news section because it hadn't happened when we are actually talking. So um, yeah, just a quick message before we kick off this show and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks guys. segments that you expect here each and every week at the Inside Running Podcast. 
Matthew, welcome to my co-host. He's usually based in Anglesey, but on the Gold Coast this weekend. Julian Spence, the 214 man, welcome to you. Thanks, mate. It, already finding it harder to cut you off and interrupt you. We're <laughs> person. How are you going? You look good. Couldn't find your uniform, the uh, Insider Run Podcast polo. Too cool for that? <laughs> well, this, that, that shirt came out at circa 2018, is it? I think so, yeah. It's been yeah. around for a while. So we only have one each, and um, I must wear mine. Yeah, geez, he can talk on a run too. 
500 metres moving. Yeah, no, I'm that pretty much. glad it was only 500 metres. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did 8K, 411s, uh, and then the next morning got out, um, made sure I got out before the other podcast was doing their group run. Um, <laughs> Uh, same run on the concrete. I uh, did 5k, 405s. Um, yeah, felt pretty good and my foot was 100%. Um, saw Moose and the Surf Coast Track Club boys. Um, did a few strides there and then uh, headed home. Um, ate a few carbs yesterday. And then, yeah, so I guess it brings us to today. Before we get there though, the, um, the anxiety and the like nervousness before Sydney 10, was that around this time? With the pacing job, was it different? Yeah, no, sleep was okay? Yeah, it's a good question, Brady. It was, yeah, sleep was okay, other than um, the first night up here, we had a fair bit of rain, and where we're staying, we're on the ground level, and the high rise, the, the rain sort of runs down and just like drips, so it was quite loud. So, you know, the great sleep on Friday night, um, but then I was definitely more relaxed. I said this to some of my family are up here, and for Sydney 10 and Launceston, I traveled solo, and Although traveling with a family adds a little bit of stress with two kids under four, just having them around like kept me a lot more relaxed and just people to talk to rather than just being in a hotel room on your own. So I was pretty relaxed. Um, last night I was, I was more excited than anything. Um, like I knew I wouldn't get a lot of sleep last night. I just wanted to get out there and do it. And I think running sub 70 at Launceston relatively comfortably gave me confidence that going through halfway in 72 today should feel easy um, and I should have a bit left in the tank for the, for the second half. So um, yeah, this morning got to the QT, which is the race hotel, um, for the 4.15 shuttle, headed out, did uh, a few laps around the pool, um, like 10, 10 minutes worth, and then we headed out. So the, the plan was to run 72 minutes through half, um, as even as possible, um, and from the technical meeting yesterday afternoon it was likely that Lisa Waitman and Lindsay Flanagan were going to be the only two that were interested in that pace. So we take off and within a kilometre, um, Lindsay's there, but there was no Lisa, um, which, yeah, I was a little bit concerned about. Um, and then we, you know, go through 5K in 17 minutes. Um, so we're pretty much rolling 17 minute 5Ks all the way through the first half. and. Definitely the first 15 felt really good. There wasn't a lot of wind. Um, bit of humidity, uh, which I, I sort of noticed that from about the 20K mark. A few of the boys that were in the pack, I'm like, how are you feeling? They're like, oh, not as easy as it should be. And I said to them, yeah, it is a bit humid, so just make sure you really keep up the fluids, even though you didn't feel like you needed a drink. Because I think a lot of people maybe struggled in the back end just with the humidity and the amount of sweat that they had lost. Uh, I was a little bit concerned early on because there was only one female in our group and we were on 70, well, 72 through half, so 224 pace. But if she was to drop off, um, I would, like I was pacing obviously all the boys that were there as well, but my responsibility was to her. So if she fell off, I was in, I either had to slow down to her pace, which would have been then slower than the 72 prescribed, which obviously meant that I wouldn't have been able to probably kick down and, and run anything you know, low 220s. Um, but to her credit, like she was so gutsy. Like I remember getting to 20 or 25k, and I'm like, this is like not that easy. And I was almost half hoping that she would slow down a little bit just to give myself a bit of a break. Um, and so after halfway, which was bang on 72, um, we then actually picked it up a little bit, which 
Like, why do we partly a tailwind, but also anybody that ran the marathon today, once you get through halfway, you then come into surface, and there's just so much noise and a lot of energy, and then you sort of, and that sort of energy continues, I guess, to sort of, you know, 30k, um, the finish line there. Uh, and so when we got to close to 30k, because we've gone from sprung 17 minute 5k splits to like 1650. Um, so three of those meant we were about 30 seconds up. And so the group that I was with, I said, look, we're going to be obviously going up the hill over the bridge. So let's just like maintain the effort. We'll probably lose a bit of time here, but we've got plenty. Um, but then we actually lost a lot. We ran 17, close to 17.30, between 30 and 35. And um, at that point, like my pacing job was done. Uh, but I was in two minds as to whether I should actually finish with Lindsay because like anybody that saw her race or saw the live stream, like for her to go at that pace, a couple of minutes faster than a PB in, like conditions, were, like I'm not making excuses for conditions today at all, like conditions were great, but anybody that's not used to some humidity, it probably played a factor late. Um, I just felt like she needed to be rewarded in a way, of, like somebody just helping her to the finish line. And so that was going through my head. Um, and maybe I was just taking the decided to drop it. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I was also just going, oh, I'll just take the soft option where, you know, I'm going to run around 224 if I maintain this. Um, but then there's a few other guys still with her. So I'm like, I have said the last few weeks that I want to experience the marathon again. And so if I just run at her pace, then I'm probably not going to experience that over the last 5K. So 36K, I went, awesome, I'm going to crush this last 6K. Take off. I think I'm running pretty quick, and then about a K later, I'm like, ooh, maybe I should have either ran with her or I should have just stopped at 35K like I've done the last three times. Um, and I was looking at the watch, trying to do the sums of what I had to run just to break 224. Um, and then, yeah, I got to the finishing shoot, knew that I had probably a minute to do it, or no, yeah, a bit more. Um, but then, yeah, legs started to definitely seize up down the, down the home straight um, and clocked in, I think, like 2.23, 20 something. Um, and then I was going to catch the live rail home, but uh, it was a massive issue just getting across the road. So I'm like, legs feel all right, backpack on and jogged back to um, the surface for another 4K. So. Uh, 4.20 pace. You could have went slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I pulled up reasonably well, but uh, I think I'll take the rest of, I'll take next week pretty much off. So, um, yeah, just over 100k for the week. Did, did you uh, catch up with Lindsay Flanagan afterwards, have a chat to her? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, just told her how gutsy her run was, um, especially because there's times when I felt like she was, you get a sense in the lead pack, and this has happened, I think, the time that we did it and every time since, that the women, go with you initially, especially when the Africans were here, and then they're great for halfway, and then just they just start to slow down. Um, and I thought that was going to happen with Lindsay, and it, like it did between 30 and 35, um, but for how hard I thought she was working from 20k onwards, like she held it together like exceptionally well. We were uh, waiting at the 21.1k timing map, and um, it was at, I think it was 70 minutes, and I couldn't see the group coming, and I thought, oh no, he's messed, like he's messed this up. And even with a minute left, I still, I could see you in the distance, I'm like, no, he's gonna, he's, he, this, is, this is bad from Croaks, he might not get his paycheck. But then you cross the line at 
lap, I think it was, made it to 71.59. Is that a compliment, Moose? Yeah. Well, it was impressive. I did turn around and say, oh, gee, shouldn't have doubted him. Yeah. I think from the payment point of view, like, I always, I remember when I was doing with Brady, it's like, we almost gave each other a high five as we crossed the halfway mark because it's like, all right, we're guaranteed some cash. Whereas if you DNF before that, it's you know, no good. Um, but then I think we got a little bit excited after that. And I was a little bit worried that between 21 and 30, we banked so much time that it may have gone pear-shaped for her, um, which may have then been a reflection on my pacing. Um, but thankfully, uh, of course, record, we're all good. Any regrets that you didn't race? Like, I think you were 11th or 12th overall in the end. Like, you're up there and there was some people dying in front of you, like, to, to leave maybe at that 25k mark and go on the hunt. <coughs> no regrets. Like, I was just chatting to Moose today and he said it wasn't a race, it was a workout for me. But the way that I felt the last 3 or 4k, like, I felt better in Lake Biwa running 217. Over the last 4k, I felt stronger there than I did today. So, I think it was a smart way for me to run my first marathon in four years. Um, and it also just shows where my weaknesses are at the moment as a marathoner. I just haven't done those really long two hour 30 runs over hills to get myself strong. And that's the difference between, I think if I had done those at 35K, I would have been able to run like three tens or faster at the end. Whereas you know, I was running like three fifteens and it felt like I was dying. Good week, good another marathon in the leagues. Well done, Bruce, over to you. Tell us about your training week. Yeah, I, I don't, it's a bit embarrassing talking about my running after seeing everything today. Get the mic close to your mouth. Yeah, so it, it's, not, um, it's not really impressive, but I did get out to 40K, which um, is the biggest week I've done in, in ages actually, and it felt good. So last week I ran 30 something and it didn't feel great. This week I ran 40 and it felt really good. I didn't have any niggles. Or anything so it's sort of given me the most hope that I've had in a real long time uh, so Tuesday I had Monday off again just because coming back from that cross-country it really stings you at the moment like that's it's not it's not good for my running but it's good for um, it's good for it's good for, yeah well it is Divi five, good for Divi five. It's good for um, Geelong region running with your mates and, and having some sort of social life which has um, been lacking lately so yeah, Tuesday I ran, uh, what I run, 9K, 45 minutes around town. Uh, got the heart rate on, so I'm trying to stick to that a little bit more. Wednesday did, or maybe it was Thursday, did this little workout. So uh, it's kind of like extended surges. It's, well, it's a good one if you're coming back from having a niggle in the past uh, sort of month or so and you haven't done anything. So I did five sets of... 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, just, uh, I didn't have any pace, but I didn't have any effort that I wanted to hit, I just ran faster than my jog. And then recovered with the jog of the equal um, duration that the rep was, so uh, it wasn't an impressive workout, but it felt good to get through, like at least some sort of structured session without feeling sore or um, having to stop early, and, and, and so that makes me feel a little bit more like a runner again. I can go out and do some workouts rather than just jog. And it gets pretty boring as well. So jog jogging's the best for me right now, but it, it, like, there's only so much jogging you can do before you want to do something a bit harder. Uh, up to, um, well, Melbourne, so yeah, a bit of a nightmare. Um, Thursday we were scheduled to fly out. So got up early from MC, drove to the airport, parking 
list full. So they, like we've already paid a fortune for the premium parking. Then they upgraded us to um, the valet parking because the premium was full. And we thought, oh, this is this is a great sign for a good trip here. <laughs> so we get up to the top with all the Mercedes and Porsches and everything else, and they um, park our car for us. We walk across the um, like the transit sort of walkway straight into Brady. He's looking at me going, flight cancelled. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you were you were juggling a child, Carly juggling a, juggling a child. I'll let you talk about that later. But. Um, yeah, we were all pumped for our first flight with our baby and she was behaving really well, probably the best day she'd ever had. <laughs> and then we had to drive back into Melbourne, go back to the valet, the valet looked at us like, yeah, I just parked the car right in the back of the car park, blocked in by four other cars now. Um, so yeah, back to Melbourne, had a run actually that afternoon, booked a place in Crown, so it's turned into a pretty expensive <laughs> Well, it's the only hotel I know in Melbourne. <laughs> But I ran with my friend Mitch, so he um, he owns the running company in Albert Park. So we went and visited him during the day, and then we organised a run later. Ran around the tan, real quiet the tan actually. Not a lot of runs out there compared to what I'm used to. Um, got up on Friday night in the end, made it back, made it up here, and then ran for a uh, 40 minute run. Ran into Greg Croker flying along a four minute pace, <laughs> thinking there must have been a workout on something, but no. Um, felt pretty good though, like although it was concrete and uh, it's just pretty uninspiring being on the concrete, but still felt good, no niggles. Uh, then, what was that, Friday night? Uh, nothing's uploaded lately, so um, Saturday morning, got out with the group, the Surf Coast Track Club guys, had a few doing the marathon, a um, couple came down to meet us at the start, we were done the half. So we went out for just half an hour. Marathoners had a good chat about what they were going to do. Then we hung out around the um, foreshoot, did a few drills and strides. Getting pretty unimpressive stuff, wasn't it? Crows um, and myself and a couple of other real sort of awkward types doing drills and strides. One thing I did learn though was the Surf Coast Track Club, they'll be trust people down there because they just left their phones on the ground while they're off doing strides. Yeah, yeah, that's not the best idea up here, I don't think. Um, and today I got out real early, tried to ride the bike around the course actually. So we're staying right outside the 5K mark. So got out, um, watched the 5K sort of split for the people that I was following. And then uh, worked out like we were in the same direction. So in order to, to really get ahead of them, you needed to sort of cycle twice as fast as how they were going. But those line bikes that you get had speed regulated on. Um, because the roads are really narrow, it's quite difficult to cycle south on the course. Um, so I didn't even make it to the 10k split where I was supposed to be. Uh, so we hung out at the half marathon, um, like split map, and so saw everyone come through uh, and took their splits, well, what they sort of assessed with how they were going, and um, then jumped on the tram and got up hoping to see them, but didn't get, get up there. So it was a bit of a, a shambles actually. But I did stay at the finish line, 250 meters to go, and saw everyone coming in, and that's a pretty cool spot to, to watch from because by that time you're in the finish shoot, like you know the finish is around the corner, the pain is sort of starting to, um, to leave the body by then. 
like the adrenaline of the finish line, a lot of people cheering has, has sparked everyone up um, and the pace is increasing and yeah, it was quite a, it's quite a good spot to watch if you want some inspiration and to see the people that you're following, like, um, I guess you can work out how fast they're going to run and uh, yeah, so it was, a good, it was a good spot to be at the end. Um, so Krugs, I mean, you look better than how you were describing you were feeling. Um, I think most people did look better than how they were feeling. But at 40k for the week, I was happy and started to enjoy the golf course a little more after today when the sun came out. That's good. Sandan Relay for you is coming next next weekend. Yeah, Sandan Relay, so I need to make a case for it in one spot, but I'm not quite But no needles now, and on the road, that will suit you, the road animal. Yeah, well, that's where the shoes work better, mm. and the shoes work for me. So. Heavy you are, the better they work too, isn't it? Big fellow like you. I throw a lot of people in super shoes today though. Whoever's making money off selling those things is doing very, very well for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Good week, Moose. I'll quickly whistle through mine because we've got some guests that we need to get to pretty quick. I was coming off uh, the cross-country relays. It actually felt pretty good at the start of the week, but I was um, being cautious because four races in um, four weeks this was coming into this week, so I just had to make sure that I was fully recovered and and feeling good between the races and making sure not to chase any gains in the training um, just to ensure that I get to the start line. So Monday morning was 60 minutes easy at 4.33s and 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.28s. Tuesday morning I did a workout and it was cold in Moama. It was uh, felt like negative one at 7am boys, so that was uh, pretty fresh for where I live. I did a bit of a mixed workout. I did a 12 minute threshold where I averaged uh, 314 pace and then I did two minutes job and then did five by 90 second efforts, around about three minute K pace, and I tested out the ASICS Meta Speed Edge. We got that right, Moose? Um, we got gifted a pair of these, so we'll review them in a couple of weeks' time. And I did not have a pleasant experience with them at the 314 pace. I was like, these shoes are like feeling a little slappy, and I just felt like I was working so hard to kind of um, hit that pace that I'd usually be running. And I was, I was like, just filthy on these shoes. It was probably just because I was tired off the back of like racing. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna throw these in the river. Filthy on the free shoes you'll give. Yeah, <laughs> throw them in the river, I'll get Carly to sell them on eBay or something like that. Like, I'm like, these shoes are going, like, going somewhere after this. But then when I did the 90 second efforts in them, they were amazing. And I'm like, wow, my watch must be like lying to me. Like, this place feels super easy. Um, so I just think it's maybe a shoe, and this is off the one running them. Just maybe a shoe that I'll use for some faster stuff. Um, but yeah, a really contrast of love and hate in the space of like 10 minutes there. Um, but yeah, that was good. Um, then in the afternoon, I ran to the pub and back to put my footy tips on because I knew I'd be out of town when it was going to be footy tip at night. Um, didn't have the free beer that you get when you put the footy tips on because I didn't want that sitting in my stomach on the job home. Uh, Wednesday, I did 60 minutes in the morning before we were going to Melbourne because Hudson had some um, allergy testing at the Royal Children's Hospital to do. And this is when my week started to go off the rails. So um, got down there, Carly took him there. I stayed in the hotel room with Olivia. That was all good. I think pretty traumatic experience for a kid. To, I'm not sure exactly what they do, but I know he had like a whole lot of like markings on his back. And I guess they, I don't know, they do something to see what he's allergic to and what he's not allergic to. Peanuts, if anyone's playing at home, wondering what he's allergic to, and garden peas. So, um, 
Yeah, which meant, I don't know, it must have been pretty traumatic because then he had a shocking night's sleep. Um, we were in this like one bedroom hotel room and whenever he wasn't upset throughout the night, Olivia was, and I reckon I had about three hours sleep and it was just like, it's okay, we'll just go to get through Wednesday night because when we get to the airport on the Thursday morning, we'll be up in Queensland and it'll be no worries at all. Park the car moose, so I had booked um, long-term parking a week out, so I was quite organised, so it wasn't going to cost me much. And then when you got two kids, like Carly's pushing a pram with Olivia, and then Hudson's on this little skateboard thing on the back, which leaves me with the two suitcases. And my arms are pretty small, and like Carly likes to pack pretty heavy. So I was like, I was sweating up a storm, and I just remember saying to her, we just need to get these bags checked in, and then it'll be easier, I can help you with the kids, and, and it will be smooth. Then we went to check the bags in and you push a little button and it says flight cancelled. And um, yeah, that wasn't great because then they just said wait for a text message or an email and then we'll let you know what your options are. So I was standing next to you, your option, your moving option, they moved you to the next day, I think direct flight, 9am. Our option was go to Sydney at 6am the next day, wait in Sydney for a few hours and then go from Sydney to the Gold Coast um, with the boarding time at 5.35am. So that was, uh, so this is coming off a rough night as it is. So I did say to Carly, hey, if you want to take the car, drive home, I'll just go up and, and do the stuff for the weekend. I understand if you don't want to do that the next day. But she was good, she committed to doing it. So we stayed in Melbourne that night, not far from the airport, set the alarms at 3am, got the two kids out of bed. Um, and then, yeah, took them to the airport, got on the plane, went to Sydney, waited in Sydney for a while, got to the Gold Coast, um, got here, met up with Zach up, went for like a 25 minute jog out to collect the bibs. And at this stage, I'm just like, I don't know what I want to do with this half marathon. I'm like, my headspace, everything was just, you know, all that pre-stuff you eat in the lead up, I hadn't done. Like, I just didn't feel like I was in the mood to eat it. And a half marathon, like if it's a five or 10 K, you're like, it's going to be over reasonably quick. You can kind of wing it, but I know in a half, you can get exposed a bit. And I said to you boys, I'm like, I'm going to run with my mate Crammers, we're going to run 80 minutes, or I'm going to run with a couple of guys I coach and try to pace them to 70 minutes. Um, my head was definitely not in the game to run half marathon and then Bradley Croke came up with the idea that just, just go to 10k and, and reassess when you get there. And I did have a half decent sleep um, Friday night, but then the alarm was set at 3am to get ready for the 6am start. I don't know why they do that, it's so early to get, get up and get food and coffee and all that in. Got up the start line, was pretty quiet beforehand, gun went. Went through the first K with Riley Cox standing in the front row at about 2.55. Looked at my watch and thought, shit, that's pretty quick. That's like quick my 10K pace. We've got 21K to go here. But it actually felt quite smooth. Um, we had a nice little pack with Riley, um, Sam Clifford from Tasmania and Adrian Potter. We went through 10K in 30.31. And I thought, this is this is feeling good. Like it's, you know, minutes long. than what I ran for 10K a week ago, a few weeks ago. Um, it's like a 63, 64 second kind of half marathon, which I think maybe 63 high, 64 mid, I, I could potentially run on a good day. And then we turned and we just started to slow a bit. Um, we were all sitting on Riley and then he, he told us that he felt shocking and not to sit on him. And he kind of just pulled, to the, pulled off to the side and um, he was kind of gone from the pack and then Sam Clifford started getting his arms up in the air like he had a stitch and punching his chest and trying to get rid of his stitch. So then he dropped off as well which only left Adrian Potter and I, and this is about 12K, and I just pretty much sat on Adrian for as long as I could. He was going too quick for me, but I knew the longer I could stay with him, the more time I wouldn't be like a sitting duck for, for potentially a group behind me to catch me. So um, sat in there, and we were running like closer to, uh, 
probably about three or five, three or six, kind of k pace, dropped off him at around 16k, and then I was in a world of hurt. I knew I was running like 310s, and I just thought if I hang tough, hopefully I can run quicker than my PB, which was 66, 16. Like I thought it'd be really touch and go for that. And then I got to 20k and saw the clock, and I'm like, oh, I haven't died half as much as I thought I would. Um, and I worked out I'd be on 65 mid shape if I kind of kicked it home. And then I remembered uh, Brad Kroger's PB was about 65.35 or something. Is it? Is that your PB? Oh, I think it's maybe 38. 38. But, I, but I won the race, so True. maybe I had a bit more there. And for long-time <laughs> listeners, long-time listeners will know that I already have the Inside Running Podcast record from my unofficial, official half marathon that I did in Miami during COVID. So I wasn't too faced to that, but I thought it'd be really good just to nail the, the nail in the coffin here and just really put that record like in gold on my um, on my name and then yeah come home super strong I kicked it home just to uh, make sure I kicked home in 6527 for a new PB so I was happy with that and um, yeah surprised myself a bit actually because I thought maybe 64 kind of high would be in perfect conditions and given the last couple of days I'll take 25 30 seconds off that so it was a good day weather was perfect no excuse with weather um, maybe if that pack stayed together a bit longer could have found another 10 or 20 seconds but yeah you run with you mate should have run with your mate, I reckon. What mate? Uh, mate, you were going to run with on the Friday night. Should have done that. Oh, Crammer's racing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm glad I made that decision. Crammer's on a late week than 80 minutes as well. I don't know, 76, so it would have been hard work. But um, yeah, good week. I think I ran, uh, I did half an hour today, pretty banged up, but it was about 100k for the week. And um, yeah, we'll go again next week at the Sandown Relays with you, Moose. But now we're going to move on. We are going to introduce our next guest because we are running a bit behind time. Uh, as we do on this show very regularly. Um, Jessica Stenson, welcome back to the Inside Main podcast. Freshly made in Pablo <laughs> Becoming a regular, Jess. Thanks for giving us some time and congratulations on the second place yesterday. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Been a turn it on. No worries. No, it's great to be here. Talk us through yesterday's race first. Uh, not a great start. I think I saw you when I rewatched the coverage. <laughs> yeah, on the floor in the first like half a second. Yeah, that was a funny one. I don't know if um, you think the same thing, but that gun really didn't make a whole lot of noise. So we all sort of were like, was, was that the gun? And then I must have just taken off and completely lost my feet. So I went down and obviously it was a bit of a, um, a stampede, but managed to get back up. And, if anything, it just gave me a great rush of adrenaline. So I um, kind of got back up and was running and thinking, this is this is actually feeling all right. Um, I think my heart rate probably started at a pretty um, high base. But I guess the week leading into this, I I don't feel like I've nailed the, the half marathon distance yet. And I really wanted to try and use this as an opportunity to get a PB. And I said to my coach um, during the Sunday run, I had two and a half hours last Sunday. I said, my legs are just feeling so dead. And he said, I know. And look, I'd like to prepare you and set you up for success for every race um, you line up for. But right now, Birmingham's the, the priority and there are just some key workouts we really need to get in and we'll try and freshen you up this week. And I just really hoped I'd find that life in the legs again. And come about Thursday, I, I started to feel a lot better and. And my optimism was kind of rising. We'd had a pretty stressful week just getting organised for Europe because we leave from Brisbane tomorrow and um, a few sleepless nights with Billy. But I did line up feeling really um, calm.
calm and sort of ready to have a crack. But by 11Ks, um, that sort of fatigue was really starting to set in. And then um, by, yeah, around the 15 to 16K mark, I think my anxiety levels were rising and my breathing just started to get out of sorts. So I was having a really tough time getting air in there in those spinal caves. So it became a goal of just getting to the finish line. So whilst I was really disappointed with the result, I was also really proud that I actually just finished and found um, ways to just try and keep myself going and um, relaxing under fatigue. And Riley actually, after he pulled out, um, came back in and gave me some really helpful cues to get me to the so I was happy about that. What was making you anxious? Was it like someone coming to pass you and take that second spot? No, or like what was causing that? It was more, just, I think, going into the, the race with a bit of um, stress. And then when I was just feeling so average, I was just getting anxious that I wouldn't make it to the finish line. And I think that just fueled the thoughts. And, you know, it is such a mental game, distance running. So I was just doing everything I could to try and just relax myself and, and, and calm the thoughts because, you know, it was just... The, the breathing was, was really um, difficult. So, um, yeah, it was, it was probably just the week leading in and, and perhaps not feeling as fresh as I would like to have felt. And then I sort of look back and think, well, was the race a good idea? But I think it was because if I can absorb this workout, I sort of thought, well, if I'd been doing this in Adelaide as a marathon workout, I'd be really proud of that. So I kind of just have to look at it as a good session now fly tomorrow, recover from the race and the flight, and I'll probably try to get, you know, one more long run, one more key marathon session in, and then start the taper. It's going to come around quick, isn't it? it and the, is. <laughs> the news during the week, the, we, I think you've known for maybe longer than the public found out, yeah, like finally found two out. two and a half weeks we've known for. Must have been pretty exciting to finally see it in, in writing in front of everywhere. Mm, for sure. No, it was um, something we've been preparing for in case and, and hoping that um, we would make the team and when we got the, um, yeah, the email to say um, you've officially made it, we went and booked everything and um, my family, so my husband and son Billy are coming over to, to St. Moritz as well where I'll be preparing with Sinead, Elsie, Andy and um, Liam. So the, the whole marathon team will be together preparing for the race which is pretty special. You can go yeah, question, uh, Jess, that's a good reminder about how much having a positive experience can affect the the pace that you run towards the end of a race. Mm. Um, like I've always found that if you are. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Like I think it is actually the positive feels of, of finishing strongly that sort of drives you to, to actually come home stronger. Yeah. Um, and it's massive in the marathon, as you, you sort of know, mm. to be able to be passing people late. And, and that's such a contrast with your Launceston race. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I was just thinking how good you look when you're past the air from the only mm. versus getting sort of passed by other ways is like wow contrast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think um, probably the Launceston race did just give me confidence and, and so I went into this race with ambitious goals and then when I wasn't feeling as good as I, I did in Launceston, I know it is a, a different um, event obviously, that just affected me mentally and um, yeah, challenged me in a very different way. So I sort of knew that Elsie was there during the race and it almost was a relief when she went past. I think it's quite hard having someone um, on you when you're really not feeling good. And once she went past, I just felt like I could run my own race a bit more, which sounds bizarre, but... <laughs> yeah, the, the other thing is, 
Um, someone told me once that it's almost a bad sign if you have a stellar half marathon, like four to six weeks out. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it like if you are having a, such a great race in the half, you've obviously tapered down, which, mm -hmm. and you know, you're going to have this great run, and then you have to recover afterwards, and potentially you're, you're training like the wrong systems are getting, I guess, optimised to run so fast in a half versus marathon. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, and it really is just a mental game now. I've got to put that behind me, see it as a really good, um, you know, workout, and um, just focus on the race ahead, not spend too much time reflecting, because you can pull the race apart and think of all of the, you know, aspects of preparation that you could have um, done better, but. I follow the same process as I did for Lonnie on, on race morning with my sort of what I ate and everything. I think it was more just carrying that fatigue into the race. Jess, how does the next few weeks look for you? Like you said, you're going to St. Moritz, so you've obviously come off the hard half. You're now going to have overseas travel. You're going into altitude, so you need to respect that. Mm -hmm. And you only have, what, another two, three weeks maximum of you know marathon training before taper? Yeah. So. The goal is in a week's time to be able to do a workout, so it will be just relaxed jogging until then. And then um, obviously I'll be sort of respecting the, the altitude, although St. Roots isn't that, that high, but it's easy to get carried away because, yeah, the trails are unreal there. I really do love um, Switzerland and, and uh, I'll just have to hold myself back and then stick to the plan. I'll probably get then, as I said, another sort of long run in at some point and everything else will just be shorter sessions and, and jogs really were up there just to, to get the effect of altitude. I'll spend 21 days there, which is what I've done in the past, and I'll come down four days before the race, which is mimicking what I did before the 2017 World Champs in London. I always find it really interesting when athletes from different coaching, coaches and different coaching styles come together and train together, mm. um, especially when you've got friends with them. Yeah. Um, so how's all that going to play yeah. out? <laughs> um, yeah, I will just have to really um, stick to my plan because it is hard when you see what other people are doing and you question what you're doing, but because it will be my 14th marathon, I do have a lot of sort of experience to you know, reflect on and just, I've got to trust that that's worked in the past and we'll certainly be able to match up for our jobs, but the, the workouts I think will be quite different. Jess, what's the success criteria look like for the Com Games? Like you've got the two medals there already, which is pretty high expectations coming into this one. We know the Kenyan team's a lot stronger than it's been in the past. Um, is it position or time or process and then that see where that gets you or what do you, what do you sit down and add and say this is what we want to achieve in this championships? Yeah, look, um, it will be a really strong Australian team this year. We'll have a strong Kenya team. I haven't looked at the other teams, but I think it's going to be a really hot field. And so I know that um, to win a medal this year, I'll need to um, achieve you know one of my best results. And, Look, a, a personal best for me in this race will be just executing the race plan, um, feeling like I'm strong throughout and able to be really competitive with the girls around me. I, I will take more of a process-focused um, approach into the race rather than thinking about outcome. You know, winning a, a silver or a gold medal um, would be the ultimate dream, uh, but I just know that I'll have to be at my absolute best to achieve that. Um, 
because of the people who are in this race. And I'm really hoping that Sinead, Elsie and I will really be able to um, help each other to, to you know, bring out our best performances. And then the rest of the year, like, will you guys look to hit another marathon in, in summer, like overseas or somewhere? Do you look that far ahead or is um, it see what happens at Con Games? We did sort of mention to um, my agent from Posso Sports that we were interested in some other races, but we haven't heard um, anything yet. So I haven't, yeah, even sort of been <laughs> presented with any options to think about, which I think is nice. It's good to be able to just focus on the next race. So no, I don't know what the rest of the year looks like. And the last one from me, um, I watched back the stream yesterday after the race and it's very busy in that lead female pack. There's a lot of guys. Is it as chaotic as it looks? Like, I was racing a pack of four who were clipping each other and, you know, tapping each other on the side at times. Like, does it annoy you sometimes when you've got that massive group of blokes just trying to hang on and get in the way of females having a race? I actually kind of liked it. No one was um, too close yesterday. We were all quite um, spread out. There wasn't a lot of wind to sort of, you know, we didn't need a windshield or anything, but I kind of like the energy from a pack rather than being on my own. So, yeah, I'd say I probably benefited from having all of those guys there more than anything. Um, I just got one question in regards to training for a marathon, uh, a major championship marathon versus a big city marathon where, so most people that train for a marathon go in with a, with a particular time, whereas yeah. the championship race is all about being first across the line and could be super slow early. So I know track athletes will train differently for a championship season. Mm. Do you guys change training approach in terms of like fast finish, fart leg type stuff, you know, playing out how a championship might? I think we just try to get, um, I try to get as, as strong and as fit as possible to be able to handle any race scenario. So if it had been a warm championship, we certainly would have been preparing specifically for the conditions, but I don't think Birmingham will be too dissimilar from perhaps what the conditions were like today, but maybe less humid. Um, if it was a really hilly course, we'd be preparing specifically for that. But in terms of championship versus uh, chasing a PB in a fast flat, race I guess the only difference is that if we were chasing a PB every session I'd really have that pace per kilometre um, in my head and we'd be really dialed into that whereas this I acknowledge might be a bit more fartlecky at times but at the end of the day the, the stronger and fitter you are the more able you are to to change speed and, and come home strong so it will be really interesting to see how it plays out because the last two Commonwealth Games have been quite tactical and, and very slow at the beginning I got a bit antsy at the Commonwealth Games here on the Gold Coast because it went out extremely conservatively and I like to run a pretty um, evenly kind of paced race. So uh, with yeah, the types of athletes in the field this year, I'll be interested to see how it all plays out. Awesome, Jess. Well, massive thanks for being here. We just organised you about two hours before the uh, athlete <laughs> event started. You're also always so good cool your time for us here. And I'm sure all these guys here, the next time they'll see you will be on the television sets when you're running the Commonwealth Games. And I know you'll have a whole lot of support for the people in this room. And yeah, massive thanks for being here. And can we give Jess Stenson a massive round of applause? results um, because then we're going to have a bit of a break before the break we are going to do a bit of a pillar performance giveaway 
So uh, we'll quickly go through the results. Jess did just speak about her race in the half marathon. Eloise Wellings did win that in 70.53. Jess was second in 71.35. And Laura Nagal from New Zealand, I think you said Moose, 75.50. You did some research on Laura. That was the first time I saw her name when I saw those results. Well, I think I, I was just listening to the commentary. Okay. So if they got it right, then we got it right. <laughs> if they got it wrong, then we got it pretty yeah. And I'm going to ask you guys, you guys watched all the stream for this. So uh, Brett Robinson won the men, 63-14. Ed Goddard, 63-19. Tim Vincent came through. Because when I saw him, he was a long way behind. Uh, well, not a long way behind, but I didn't. I thought that top three was kind of set with Liam going to be in there as well. He was third in 63-31. You guys both saw both the streams in full. Tell us what you thought. Slow day when you look at the times for the caliber of athletes. Yeah, so um, I actually spoke to Brett today after the after I finished the marathon and asked him like to compare yesterday to Launceston and he said weather was definitely better yesterday than Launceston, but he said that he absolutely like nailed himself in Launceston, like wanted to go there and run a super hard time and it actually beat him up quite a lot. Um, and because he's got quite a busy road racing schedule, he's only gonna do like Sunshine Coast, he realised that he can't do that for every half. So he said that yesterday was much easier for him. I think he was just out to, to win. Um, so, you know, he's pretty comfortable early, I think, and then just kicked away. Which it have to be. He's running three minutes quicker than his PB. Like, he must feel like he's jogging out there. I had that same conversation with him. He's just like, I just need a winner. I think he's doing Sydney Harbour 10K as well in a couple of weeks. So he's really doing what Jack Rayner did before Jack Rayner got good. Remember, like he just stayed here and just not just won as many road races as he could. Yeah, well, I guess it works pretty well. Like half of his squad are over on the uh, European season, and he stays here and picks up the cash. Yeah. yeah, he also mentioned one time to me that he trains better here, or so he's, he's had his best results. He ran his Australian record in the half after spending time in training in Melbourne, and so it works for him better. And uh, I mean, he's still a professional runner. These races uh, is going to work basically, and so without a massive contract or um, uh, I guess side, or yes, it's a coaching business, but like he'll, he'll come to the Gold Coast and he'll get paid, he'll get a monthly payment basically. Um, so it's, it's part and parcel of being a professional athlete to go around and race. Yeah, and quick earlier, then I think they slowed. Like, I think Liam was trying to, like, all Liam was sprinting, trying to push the pace from a very early mark. Um, and then, yeah, he faded a bit towards the end. You've got to give him credit, though. Like, that's his play. He, he knows that he can't just jog to 15K and try to outkick Brett. So Liam's play is to run hard and make it a grind from, from the start. Um, and he had a crack at it. But, I mean, at the same time, Brett's run under 60 minutes. So he, 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 can, he, can, be, he can win multiple ways. Um, and and it's, Liam, he, he did what... He could to win the race. He didn't try to come second, uh, and he ended up coming fourth. Um, so he's taken a big risk in that approach, and it, and it didn't really pay off in that regard. Fifth, I think. I think Liam Bowden got him as well. Yeah. So that was the results from the half. The 10k was happening while you were racing, Croaks. We didn't see much of this at all in the live stream. Just the starting gun and the finishing tape. Isaac Hayne, good friend of the show, he won it in 29:03, back from America. Wan Shine Wong, he set the Hong Kong national record. He ran 29.27. And Aaron Spiceberg Parker from your way, Canberra, he uh, was third in 29.33.
Leanne Pompiani, I think she won for the third time this event, the 10K. She won in 32.21. Paige Campbell, 32.35 a second. And Sarah Klein, who I'm expecting to see named on the World Champs Marathon team uh, with Millie Clark soon, was third in 32.52. Any comments there, boys, before we go to the marathon, the big dance? Nothing, moving on. Marathon, Lindsay Flanagan, who you've already spoken about a bit, croaks, tough as nails. She ran at 224.42 for a course record. I think she got under by six seconds in the end. Lisa Waitman was second at 225.55, which was her second fastest marathon of her career. And Shiho Konecki was third in 229.11. So a bit of a gap there, back to third spot. In the Oceana section, Lisa won, obviously, with Nareer Jareb from... Um, WA, she ran a PB, she ran 235.00, and Anna Cowie from Victoria ran at 233.44. What'd you make of it, kind of outside of Lindsay Boost, we've already seen, heard about Lindsay's race, what'd you make of Lisa's, that's a pass mark got to be, doesn't it, second fastest? Yeah, I mean, second fastest, and, um, it's a bit of an, like, I don't, understand, I don't know what happened as to why she didn't go with the pace this morning. Did you talk to Lisa after the race, or? No, I didn't. I spoke to her last night after the technical meeting. I, her and Lachlan came over and I said, oh, you're on the 72-minute bus tomorrow. And she was like, yeah. And Lindsay was there as well. So, so I, I, should, I expected her to be there. She's gone through very evenly to run this 225. Like, that's a really good run. I've got a feeling that it might have been... Uh, I remember Dick saying this to his marathoners was, don't get hung up on splits early on. You want to have a feel to the marathon. And I think he used the terms as, like, you want to feel like you're just... Slot, like it's a slight puff till 30k and so maybe like she just felt like with the humidity or whatever that it was just a little bit too hot from the gun and just I guess you know she knows how to run a consistent marathon and maybe that was her game plan. Still a very big PB pace to aim for as well and so she's running second fastest of all time and I mean she's she's been around for, for a long time so to run a second fastest now um, at this point in her career, like that's more than a pass mark. That to me, that's like that's an A minus. Yeah, and take Lindsay out of it. You know what I mean? Like I think Lindsay's had the absolute blinder, which has just taken some attention off Lisa. Because um, how big of that PB was Lindsay's, correct? Uh, she ran like two twenty six, I think, in Paris. Okay. She said that Paris though was a pretty tough course compared to Gold Coast. Yeah, and coached by Benita Willis, Australian. And they said on the coverage they'd never met until she actually got here. Yeah, been doing it on online for the last year. She's had with online coaching. Um, in the men's race, Joe Fakoda, he had the blue hair, he had the NN running kit, he looked like the star of the show and he was. He won in 2.10.54. Akirio Kaneko was second, big, big gap, 2.14. He was four minutes back, 24. And Amari Paget was third. He was the Belgian fella in 2.15.45. I'm going to say, take out Joe, and that would be the slowest second and third of the Gold Coast we've had quite some time, boys, in the Oceania champ section. Our man, Louis McAfee, he was on the show last week. He did get the win in the end, 2.17.49. Samuel Gabriel Michael, who I spoke about who has done nothing for years and just pops up at this race and probably not going to run that quick, kind of did, ran 218.00, so that was good to see him. He did go out at 2.10 pace, so yes. he's, uh, he's faded a lot, but he was second in the Oceania Champs, and Jacob Cox ran at 219.03 for the second in the Oceania section. So boys, tell me what you thought about these results in the men's section. Started off, Crooks. 
Um, I think Louis ran a, a smart race on debut, um, chatting to his coach, um, Jacko. Uh, he said he was quite impressed with the way that he um, came through the field. So, um, yeah, and Samuel, Gavin Michael, like, you just never know what to expect. I think I raced him in Canberra the year I finished third, he was second. So he certainly puts it on the line. Um, I think he took my uh, over 40s prize too. Frontier of performance nutrition, be it micronutrition, that hadn't 
been solved at nearly a level that athletes needed, um, and that's kind of where we've come into it. But it's been a yeah one hell of a year, but it was probably you know quite a few months and, and nearly 12 months before that in R and D. So it's been nice to get amongst it and meet people like Riley and then obviously work with people like yourselves in the space. Yeah, there must be when you see the results coming, like Riley getting the podium down at Launceston a few weeks ago. You've seen you know Andy Buchanan get named in his first Commonwealth Games team. Benny Saint, no one knows what he's doing, but he's up in the, he's up in the mountains somewhere growing we long hair. But we, we call him the unicorn yeah. in our company. It's interesting, you did a um, social media post the other day, which we just thought was about as bizarre as it gets with Benny Saint. <laughs> Anyone who knows Benny, we just, he did this flavour review for us, but it's like, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then Izzy overseas as well. I've also just been named, I probably forgot three or four guys that are on this as well, but um, I guess for you, Riley as well, use the product, run them well come down with COVID a week ago, but um, so that kind of reflected in yesterday's performance, but you must be pretty happy to be partnered with uh, a brand like Pillar, helping you, and Izzy, I guess. Like, I know Bruce often refers you to Izzy's, as, refers to as Izzy's boyfriend. Yeah, the same nice kind of guy. But um, yeah, give us a Jake's job. brother now. Jake's brother. Third rank now in the family, so that's good. Give I'll work my way back up. Yeah, tell us how you're going, what's coming up race-wise, and then, um, yeah, any kind of pure performance favourites before we all get the hat, before we give away a few prize packs. Yeah, well, firstly, I uh, thought I was going pretty well after Launceston. Um, had, a, had a good run there, and um, yesterday didn't go to plan, but I think I'll just put that down to uh, having COVID uh, less than two weeks ago, and, um, yeah, put it down to that. and uh, I'll reflect a little bit on things I could have done better, and... Um, no one likes not running up to their potential, but um, yeah, looking forward to having another crack soon. I haven't got anything specifically. Uh, a few cross country races in in Adelaide, and then the national cross country, uh, maybe the uh, national half marathon championships will work out. They're all pretty close proximity, so work out what what uh, fits in best uh, for me. And then the the last of that question on the um, pillar products and partnering with pillar. Uh, yes, it's great to have a brand um, that's so invested in running. Uh, when we first, Izzy and I first um, got on a call with Damo and the, and the team, um, just the finer details that they knew about us, our group, running in general, um, us as, as vegan athletes as well, um, right down to the finer details. It showed they'd done their research, worked out you know, a few avenues on where they wanted to target and it, and it works works for us and we're really happy to promote the brand. Oh, I was just going to ask um, Riley, who's coaching you? Uh, oh, my brother and I work it out uh, between us. Um, I was, when I'm going well, uh, I get some workouts off Nick um, and then, uh, yeah, we, we work it out and I sort of, uh, yeah, I guess a bit of a free spirit with with a lot of my running training, but um, over the years, uh, yeah, work, worked out. Um, I'm quite quite busy nowadays with a lot of things, so I, I do um, work it out on the day a lot of the time. Um, doing a lot of afternoon workouts, workouts in the dark, next day morning run. To, uh, my routine's a bit um, hard. Like everyone in the room. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's considering himself blue belt, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sort of uh, work it out on the day, and um, yeah, it's been going reasonably well. So, awesome. We've got two price backs here, Damien. So, you want to uh, pull two lucky names out of the hat? 
you bought a ticket. There I, are wasn't, um, I wasn't actually sure how we're going to do this, so I'm happy yeah, to what give are we out. Doing? I'm actually, yeah, no, I'm actually happy to give out um, to give out four. But I, we went and um, we didn't even have the hat, so we actually went and put lucky draw prize under two seats. So if you look right under the middle of your seats, um, and if you find the, the, the coaster with very poor handwriting on it, um, we'll throw, yeah, we'll also two names out of the hat, but... Um, Performance has established itself as Australia's leading micronutrition brand when it comes to high strength formulations to power running performance. Pillar's range is purposefully formulated to support optimal recovery, elevate energy production, relieve joint inflammation, and boost immunity, providing potent, targeted micronutrient support to middle and long distance runners. Pillar has quickly become the choice for Australian sport thanks to their formulations, strength, and ingredient selection. The Pillar range is now completely formed sports certified, meaning that all Pillar products are independently batch tested and athlete safe. This commitment to quality and clean sport now sees Pillar used by more than 40 professional sporting teams across Australia. Now when it comes to recovery, their best selling triple magnesium powder is being used by Runners Australia wide, featuring three forms of bioavailable magnesium to optimise recovery, improve sleep and have you backing up after every session. Off the popularity of their original natural berry flavour, the team at Pillar have just launched a pineapple coconut variation of their triple magnesium, which is already proving to be a hit. To celebrate this release, the Pillar team has an exclusive offer for the Inside Running Podcast listeners. Head to their website and use the code INSIDE 
to receive 20% off their latest flavour. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar Performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Alright, thanks everyone for uh, coming back from the break. It would have been a terrible sign if we came back and there was only like 15 people left in the room. Um, the next part of the show, we're going to quickly whip through some other running news that happened, because we are aware that you know there's 150 people in the room, but there'll be a few more thousand people who will listen to the show on Wednesday. So relevant running news that did happen over the last week was uh, Stockholm Diamond League happened. This was Friday morning our time. And it was the return of Stuart McSwain. He uh, finished fourth in 7.31.9. That is the second fastest time an Australian has ever ran. Craig Mottram never ran that quick. Uh, the only person to go quicker was Stewie himself when he set the Australian record. So great return to form there. Jack Rain was also in the same race. He was ninth in 7.47.6. Cat Bissett was third in the 800, 158.5. Her third fastest time ever, Lyndon Hall and Georgia Griffiths were in the 1500. This wasn't a Diamond League event, but they put on a 1500 at the meet and ran 4.02 for Lyndon. She won the race with a big kick down, and Georgia Griffiths was third in 4.04. Boys, what did you make of the results when you saw those on uh, Thursday morning? Croaks, you first. Uh, Stewie's back. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, just in time for World Champs and Com Games. So. Um, both him and I guess Ollie now are real sort of medal contentions over that sort of 1500 distance. So it's, yeah, awesome to see. Good to see it's come back at the right time. And I also thought like Cat Bissett, like she just keeps taking these tiny chunks of time off every time. And she keeps doing that for another three weeks. We're talking World Championship Games. And she's going to be running, you know, potentially 157 and uh, being in the mix. Moose, any comments there? What do you think of Jack's run? Paced a, paced a 5k to 3k a couple of weeks ago and went, I think, five seconds quicker. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't watch the race, so I don't know where he was at, sort of at 2K and 3K, um, because that could play into what can happen in the last K is that what you went through sort of 4K. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't have PB races every single time. You're going to have a bad one. It's Especially been, when it's you been race for so a while, too. Yeah. yeah. If you race so much, then yeah, if you're going to, no one can run PBs like every single time. Um, so yeah, you've got to give him a bad one before he comes to the and the other part of the news, Brad, because you're the best reader on the show, you're going to read out the Commonwealth Games team that was announced, and then we're going to talk to one of the athletes who's sitting next to me in a second. I'll give him a separate introduction. All right, well, I might start with the women, and then once I've finished the women, if we want to make any comments on that team, we can. Um, so in the 800, we've got Kat Bissett and Georgia Griffith. 1500, Abby Caldwell, Lyndon Hall, Jessica Hull. Steeplechase, Amy Cashin, Brielle Urbacher. 5K, Rose Davies, Jessica Hull, Natalie Rule. 10,000 metres, Evat Doyle, Rose Davies, um, they're the two. And then in the marathon, we've got Sinead, Eloise and Jess. Um, and it should be noted that Eloise, that's her fifth Commonwealth Games, which is pretty incredible, shows uh, a lot of, lot of longevity. So um, any surprises in that team? I was firstly interested with where if Abby Caldwell was going to get a start. We spoke about it the last couple of weeks that uh, George obviously went quicker, significantly quicker, and we were worried that um, Abby might have missed a spot, our national champion. But it was good to see her get a start, and also Georgia is not getting left out. She's in the 800. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same for the world champs team, but um, it was good to see that she hasn't been left off fully. Uh, I was surprised Matt Clark. Remind me, he won oh, out. We haven't gone through the rent, yeah. That's in my separate notes. Um, yeah, that was a big thing for me. 
Abby and Georgia, both for the team. Yeah, well, Izzy Bad Doyle had run the time, so she was selected, sort of. Uh, um, Izzy Bad Doyle didn't run the time, so she had sort of a discretionary type selection, or um, maybe like a Commonwealth ranking got her in. Um, so that was sort of one that, that I was uh, surprised, not surprised by, but that um, wasn't a given. I'm also interested to see what happens with the women's 15 at World, whether Jess Hull um, gets entered into, uh, oh no, sorry, um, Georgia Griffith gets entered instead of Abby Caldwell for Worlds. So that'll be, yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Um, men's team, 800, we have Peter Boll, Joseph Deng and Charlie Hunter. 1500, Ollie Hoare, Stu McSwain, Matt Ramston, Stephen Chase, friend of the show, Ben Buckingham, and Ed Trippis. 5K, Jack Rayner, Matt Ramston, and Kai Robinson. 10K, Jack and Kai Robinson. And in the, uh, in the marathon, we have Liam, Jack, and the man to my right, Andy Buchanan. This will be your first time wearing the Australian singlet. I think you do have one at home in the wardrobe because you got given one for the World Half Marathon Championships, but then they got postponed and then Australia didn't send the team to the uh, postponed event. Um, welcome to the, the show, welcome to the Gold Coast. I think you're flying out tomorrow. Um, and yeah, how are we feeling? What's going on? What happened today? A few questions there. Answer whichever one you want. Yeah, I don't know where to start, but I'll, uh, I'll start with just saying it's pretty cool to be here, like, uh, and just in front of so many people. Like, as a runner, you don't expect this. So kudos to you guys for, uh, I don't know, making running cool and giving it to these people. Because 10 years ago, like, if you said you were going to come and chat in front of uh, 200 people being a runner, you you get laughed at. So um, well done, boys, and yeah, thank you for turning up. Um, it's pretty cool that I know running such an accessible sport. So it's um, it's one of the good things about running is you can share the roads with uh, with people that are going to the Commonwealth Games and have people like Jess talking is pretty cool. So um, that didn't answer any of your questions, but it's good to be here. Um, this morning, I I was planning on doing the half uh, yesterday, but I got COVID two weeks ago, so. Didn't run for a week, uh, followed the rules. I was a good boy, stayed inside, and um, just didn't want to risk the half. Uh, you hear of a few people pulling up pretty rough from COVID, so it just wasn't worth it with uh, the marathon in a month's time. So pace today, really enjoyed it actually. I kind of, I used to bang out Croker behind his back for just doing pacing jobs, but now I kind of understand why he does it. I'm not even getting paid, so um, I might be back pacing, but I really like it. It's the all the good parts about racing, and yeah, um, yeah. There's no nerves, and you're just like, this is good. And when it starts to hurt, I'm just jumping off. So it's uh, it's going to be hard to finish a race because this morning I was like, oh yeah, I'll go another K, and oh yeah. So I uh, ended up doing uh, 29K this morning and felt pretty comfy actually. So it was it was good. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the other questions were. I got one for you. I want to I want you to talk us through the moment you found out you're going to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, so I actually found out, yeah, we found out probably two and a half weeks ago, and Nick actually sent me a WhatsApp message just saying, you're in, and I was like, oh, cool, like, just out of the blue, and because he's over in Europe, I think I woke up to it or something like that. Um, so that was good, and I was kind of like, yeah, said a few F-bombs and that out of excitement, and then I uh, got the email 
the day after, which is pretty cool. And then I've been getting swamped with emails. It's actually, Moose, you know what it's like. It's when you're not used to these things and you're getting, like I had to go get an ECG the other day, had to get bloods and all that. It's pretty, I don't know, I've been overwhelmed the last week. You get all these emails from people. Was that, was it similar to you? Do you, do you need to bring this up? No. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't get a phone call. That, that's sad to me. Like, I would have hated to get a text like that. Not hated, but um, having a phone call and speak. So, I can't remember who it was. Maybe the... Uh, Malcolm, uh, Christian Malcolm. Christian Malcolm had a high performance. And then on the phone, just like, it's just, I don't know, it hit pretty hard, uh, I remember. So, like, it... it just seems a little disjointed that you get an email and a text from like your manager, right? Yeah, so I got a call for World Half Champs yeah. and I was expecting a call and I was at work and I kept answering and I don't know, someone got my, I don't know, it was like, apparently I bought something on eBay or something and it was this person calling. It was a sham, but um, <laughs> I kept answering, and I think the kids in my class, I was teaching, and I was like, oh, sorry, I better take this call, and I never answered my phone during class, and I think they, they kind of knew I was in the selection, and they kept asking me, and I was like, no, nah, don't find out, don't find out, and I kept answering this phone call, and you know, there's that delay for like five seconds, and you're like, oh, this is definitely some, someone from overseas, and I had that like 10 times, I'm like, oh, shit, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty disappointing. I thought oh, I'm not making the team, and then I yeah got the text. So it was a little bit. I would have loved the phone call because you hear of people when they find out about Olympics, they're like, yeah, we got the call from this person, and they just say congratulations and that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, you can pay me the fifty bucks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks. Take that, Andy. Pay for tonight. We'll add it on. Um, Andy, the next what are you got? Three weeks. What's it going to look like? St. Moritz tomorrow, I think, with Jess and the crew. That'd be different for you because a blue collar runner, and now all of a sudden you have not much to do. Yeah, um, yeah so I actually I fly out on Tuesday. So I found out from Nick I got selected, and then it was like within two hours, he's like, Do you want to go to St. Moritz? And I was like, Oh, yeah. And he's like, Yeah, book this, book this. And um, so yeah, I'm flying out from Brisbane on Tuesday. Uh, I've, I've, I've thankfully I just asked Jess how to get from. Uh, Zurich to St. Moritz on the train, so I have no idea. Um, so she's going to let me know, which is handy, because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm terrible with trains, because being a country boy, like you just drive the commie into the town in Bendigo and that kind of stuff. Um, it's not a joke, he actually does drive the commie <laughs> 2004 model, I think, as well. First car. Um, nah, so it's going to be really strange for me. Uh, I won't have much of a taper, uh, because I had that week off with COVID, but it's I think I've only done two marathon workouts, so it's kind of a little bit scary. I'm racing a marathon in three, four weeks, but I know the fitness is there. I've done a lot of AV racing, so I know I'm in shape, and I'll probably just do some uh, some good long runs and a few sessions and not train all the way up, but I won't be, like Jess was here saying, she's going to have like kind of two weeks and start tapering, whereas I'll just keep going all the way through. When you're uh, looking at the scheduling come out a few years ago and you see that the Com Games and World Champs are next to each other, there's potentially six marathon spots. Does your, your eyes light up and go, all right, that, like circle it, that's me. Yeah, I think I, I would have said to probably 100 people when they kind of asked, oh, what do you want to do for the next year or so? Um, it was that throwaway line, yeah, Com Games, um, World Champs, six singlets kind of stuff. Um, but it's funny, we're only, I'm pretty sure Jack won't do the marathon. Um, so there's only going to be two of us, but 
it's pretty unique that all of us are going to St. Moritz um, on a training camp. I was chatting to Mona and Deeks uh, yesterday in the hotel and they were saying how back in the day the, the marathon team used to be quite a, um, a well, well-rounded team and they did a lot of stuff together and it was a real, and you see it these days, they're really good mates and love having a beer together. So it's going to be pretty cool that we have the five marathoners in St. Moritz together for three weeks and hopefully we can draw on that when it gets tough in the marathon that we're, we're not just there for ourselves, we're there for our country and also as a team as well. So. But you won't be there for the BAPs. They miss the three crows. They miss the three rounds. It's yeah. like, what, that's a third of the season? I actually have a few of the spare, um, the tats, the Ravon tats. Them? Wear them in the Commonwealth Games. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> All that work we did make running cool anyway. Right? <laughs> nah, so it's, uh, I don't know, I was pretty sitting at home. I was actually due to miss the St. Anne's round. Um, Scotty didn't want me doing it, just like a bit of travel and that kind of stuff. And I was sitting at home, uh, isolated, and I was just refreshing aspect, live results, just flat out, just getting a few live updates. So it's, um, I'll be trying to follow at home from a different time zone, so it's going to be pretty challenging. But um, I don't know, like thinking back over my last few months, and obviously Hamburg Marathon was a massive highlight, but in, and this is all seriousness, like running jails, and on that day, like it was a pretty special day. And, I honestly rank that just equal with my marathon because of the team and just the scenes of people running from point to point around Gels Park. Like anyone here from Victoria that was there, they'll hopefully they'll remember that day. I know Brady and I have, have fond memories of it, but it's um I will miss it, but I think the boys will be fine without me. Probably bigger fish to fry and say. We could cover you. Any more questions boys before we let go? No, just good luck, mate. It's mm. awesome to see like how far you've come the last few years. So yeah, keep it up. I'm sure, to see uh, well, second singlet, but I'm sure there's many more to come. Yeah, yeah, you're all the best. Uh, it's great to see someone who gets around to local events. Um, I still think you're a fun runner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fun runner with the singlet now, proper singlet. So it's uh, yeah, it is inspiring, and it's good for all the AV athletes to. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give someone else a chance to win. Everyone knows that one position. Uh, but no, seeing you up there, uh, it's almost like you represent, I guess, the AV runner a little more than other athletes. Yeah, and the progression, like, what were some of the times you ran at the whole coast over the years? I remember uh, I broke 30 up here for the first time and I had a really good battle with Hugh Williams and that would have been him. Didn't you run 66 up here in a half marathon? Not that, not that long ago. Yeah, like yeah. three years ago, four yeah. years ago, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, now that's marathon pace. It is actually, which um, is scary to think about. Yeah. That's good. Well, massive good luck. I'm sure everyone in this room, similar to Jess, will be watching the Cobb Games and yelling at their TV, and then when you have an awesome performance, they'll say, I saw that guy talk at uh, Southport RSL <laughs> after the Gold Coast Marathon Day. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for your time inside our own podcast. We do have some... Uh, some financial support for you because I've heard the coffees are pretty expensive in St. Moritz for your time today. So uh, we'll give you a massive round of applause and a massive good luck. Thank you. All right, Moose, we've got two segments to go. Moose on the loose is coming up, but firstly, Croaks, we're going with, uh, well, I know this is the question, I'm going to cut that because we've only got about eight minutes to go. We've got training talk into Moose on the Loose. So, Croaks, do you want to lead us through this training talk? 
Um, Alright, so the training talk topic this week is what to do in the first two weeks post-marathon. So Can we get a show of hands? Who ran a marathon today? Oh yeah, this will be relevant then. Hopefully. So, Maybe not. Yeah. so general rule of thumb for myself and the athletes that I coach is I take at least four days completely off. I don't run at all. Um, I then give people the option of jogging 20 to 30 minutes for the other two to three days or take the whole week off. Um, then for me, I normally get back into jogging in the second week where I slowly build my runs up from 20 to 30 minutes and hopefully by the end of the week I'm back up to an hour. Depending on how I feel, I might start a light session the week after that or I'll jog for another week. So you're essentially looking at three weeks, one week of nothing, a week of very light jogging, slowly increasing the volume in the third week and then probably sessions in the fourth week. Very light. But don't be afraid to lose some fitness and build again. Um, absorb, absorb the hard effort from today because you do actually build some strength from the effort you've done. Moose? Yeah, I always like to respect the marathon. Like 42K is a very long way on candid concrete roads. So I don't have a template that I use. I think every athlete has a different past three months, six months, 12 months. Um, and there's some athletes that I coach who have gone race to race to race and not had a break for 12 months. So they're gonna have two weeks without without any running. Um, so And even without any cross training, they're like, they're having a rest. Um, their body's recovering. And then there'll be athletes who have sort of had an injury maybe three months ago, got up for this race, and now they're feeling really good. It's almost like they've hit the race on and up. Um, so they're gonna maybe have three to five days of total rest and then jog, sort of build up from about 15 to 20 minutes each day. Um, and after probably at the end of 14 days, they might do 60, 70 minutes of running, and then the week after, they might do a 90 minute sort of mid long run. Um, but yeah, depends on the athlete. I think most people get caught up in seeing some others on Strava get out there earlier than they have, especially if they were in the same race with them, maybe even in the same sort of time range, and think that they're being a little soft or they're falling behind by not running as quickly as others, but every single time I've seen it is you have that rest period and then at the end of four months, but four weeks, the athlete that's rested is ahead of the athlete that's run through. Yeah. I like to think about, worry about where you've been eight weeks, not four weeks. So the first four weeks is all about how can you recover for the marathon? The next four weeks is how can you then build fitness to be maybe ready for something good eight weeks post-race. So like, don't, don't pencil in any eight races within that first six weeks because then you're only really two weeks into building again. Um, so yeah, that's what I like to use as well. But then prioritise those things you've been saying no to. Like how many times in a marathon block do you say no to social occasions or, or your wife kind of carries, you're looking after your kids or the household Jews or whatever it is. Like how about in other ways to spend your time doing those things? Um, because there's a fair chance you haven't been doing that for the eight weeks leading into the race. Does it count for a half marathon too? Does not count for a half marathon, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're out drinking beers, talking about running for two hours on a Sunday afternoon as well. Just on that, bro, you make a good point because people look at the, the physical demands of training for a marathon, but there's also that mental stress, like trying to get yourself up for regular two and a half hour long runs or, you know, 60 plus minutes hard long run or 
hard efforts at marathon pace, like that takes a toll. So if you get back into it too quickly, like mentally you just become fried and you sort of don't enjoy it and you know, training for that next marathon as much. Yeah, good point. Rightio, Moose, Moose on the loose. Do you feel any pressure or purchase of the week? I hope it's Moose on the loose, given we've got a live crowd here. What do you got? Well, this is going to be a repeat. I think I'm starting to, to redo things just because I... Probably yeah. happened to me on the 244 yeah. episode. And they get like, a little softer. And, um, but I reckon something pretty close to my heart is um, Service Paradox. And um, <laughs> if you follow my Strava, then you'll appreciate sort of my... Um, so you'll, you'll recognise them anyway. So we get up here Thursday, no, Friday evening, and I thought, oh, you beauty was staying next to the beach, I'll just go for a, a run along the beach path because it serves paradise, and I look down at the concrete path along the, um, the Esplanade. But after about 1,500 metres diversion because of a, like a tower, what do you call it, accommodation tower, sky rise, I thought, okay, well, there must be some work, so I'll just duck around it and get back onto the beach. But no, the main path for exercise is actually on a footpath right next to a main road with all the little down sort of, um, uh, yeah, the driveways and then there's tiles on some of them that are super slippery. Um, you're on a massive can because it's a driveway. Uh, and then you pop back up and you get into sort of like national park. It's not a national park, but like a bushland area. But they keep you on it, like it's still concrete, so it's not dirt. Um, and I recognise that further along there are a couple of dirt paths, but they are sandy. Um, but how can you get it so wrong as a city? There's no rules out there either. Everyone's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. There's no lines on the ground. And everyone's very this. scary. Like, there are some tattoos up here. There's some muscles, and there's some Botox, and there's lots of fake anatomy. Some good times. Uh, some good times. Some real good times. Everyone is good looking on paper. <laughs> if that's what, if you looked at the definition of good looking, that's maybe what it would say. Um, but then you head south, I thought, okay, we'll get away from the concrete, maybe south is better. But no, straight back onto the main road, away from the ocean. There's a few little cutouts that take you back to like a lifeguard tower, but still, like, there must be some some uh, corruption with these planning permits going on, or town planning with um, the accommodation buildings. Like, surely you don't get your own beachfront if the, the public deserve a path on the beach. I like it, very good. Let's finish it up, boys. What's coming up, Bradley, between now and next week when we'll do, be doing this over Skype again? Uh, probably spending some time with the family, so I have a family to go home to. <laughs> so we're up till Friday, so um, yeah, do some fun stuff with the kids, I think, and uh, yeah, giving my wife a break from the kids because she's been doing a lot this weekend. Bruce, where are you coming up? Well, to sell on shoes or yeah. you holiday? No, no, head back tomorrow, hoping the flight gets cancelled or delayed. Because <laughs> um, I could do with some sun. But the, yeah, back in the store tomorrow and then San Andreas with you. I'll probably be in a different division to you, but yeah. You <laughs> said two? Oh no, you got put up. <laughs> That's very good. I will be at Sandown as well. Fifth race in five weeks. I'm looking forward to hopefully keeping the body together for that one. That does wrap up episode number 244. Massive thanks to Pill Performance again for partnering with us for this show. A massive thanks to each and every one of you individuals here in the room. I know when we started this like four or five years ago, there's no way uh, we ever thought that the show would grow to the, the amount of numbers that we see coming in, the downloads every week. It's been so good to see some people in person that we've seen 
names pop up on our screens over the years writing into the show or supporting us on Patreon. If you're one of those people, really, the only reason the show does continue each and every week is because of the Patreon support that kind of keeps the lights on and, and keeps us accountable. So, um, yeah, massive thanks to those people in the room that do that. If you want to stick around for a beer, I think the bar is uh, open downstairs. The pillar performance guys look like they've still got some magnesium going at the back there in the um, in the big jug. And um, yeah, thanks again for your time. If you run a marathon today, recover well. Thanks, Bradley and Bruce, for your time. And um, yeah, massive thank you again. We're so grateful. Anything else, boys? No. Have a good week. See you, boys. See you, boys. Thanks, guys. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast was proudly brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand. Head to pillarperformance.shop to learn more about their formulas and how they support recovery, elevate energy and relieve joint inflammation. Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under